Welcome to the SBS Volta Espana podcast with Zwift. Last year in the Volta, we saw Zwift Academy winner Jay Vine come desperately close to a stage win. And this year, another Zwift Academy winner, Neve Bradbury, performed brilliantly at the Giro Donna, finishing 10th overall. Well, it's all about to kick off again. Registrations are open and the Zwift Academy starts on the 12th of September. Importantly, it's not just about elite riders chasing a pro contract. Anyone can take part. The Zwift Academy features six structured workouts over four weeks. And after you've graduated, Zwift will share workout and training recommendations based on your results. It's a great way to find your strengths and go further. So if you want to dive in and start riding with a free seven-day trial, head to Zwift.com. Now here's Christoph and Macca with the SBS Volta Espana podcast with Zwift. What a pleasure to uh, see this footage. Grace Brown yesterday winning the stage number three of the Seratizit Challenge. Uh, bonjour, bonjour, buenos dias, and uh, welcome to the Zwift SBS Cycling Podcast. I am here in the footsteps of the finish today. So I hope the internet will be uh, with us. The gods of the internet will be uh, with us uh, today for this particular show, uh, which uh, will be, I think, very interesting. Uh, joining us today is Gracie Elvin. How are you, Gracie? Buenos dias, Christoph. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else on a Saturday night. And we're just getting into the real gritty part of this year's Vuelta. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, there's not even a hint of irony in what you're saying. This is true. You would not want to be anywhere else. You know? No, we, we live and breathe it, don't we? <laughs> absolutely. Well, you uh, are joining... more than we are. <laughs> yeah. uh, joining us as well is uh, Dave McKenzie. How are you, Dave? I'm pretty good. Look, there's a bunch of things I could have said to all of uh, what you both just said then, but I'll leave that at the um, outside the door. Um, <laughs> hey, I would. Well, I, I I couldn't be anywhere else uh, on a Saturday <laughs> night anyway. So I thought I'd join you guys. Um, are you in a, a an olive grove, Christoph? What's going uh, on, mate? Yeah, I mean, let, let's go just full screen if you want. Uh, it's a hotel that actually has olive trees because why not? We're in Spain, but I'm actually Twice at the Spain. footsteps of uh, of the finish tonight. Uh, the first sta- the stage was about it's about twenty minutes drive from here about this way. Uh, so I'll finish this and I'll head uh, towards the, the finish. But because we had a, a bit of an issue yesterday with the, uh, the internet connection, I thought, you know, let's be reliable. Let's Quiet do something safe. good. You know, be safe. And, I've uh, got my and, fingers crossed. Yeah. And I'm not being lazy. I just stayed at the hotel. That's all, you know. <laughs> tough life, Christoph. I know. It's tough, isn't it? <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, who talks about Saturday morning? It's uh, Saturday evening. It's Saturday morning here. So that's not too bad. Right. Okay. Win yesterday. So let's listen to her. That's Grace Brown. Uh, yeah. Happy. Um, I thought maybe this was a stage that could suit me. And um, yeah, it was aggressive all day, which is the type of racing that I really enjoy. And um, yeah, I... I uh, followed uh, Elise Shabby in the last 10 kilometers and we had a gap on the group and we worked together really well and um, I was able to out-sprint her in the final, so yeah, I'm happy. <laughs> Did you thought in, I don't know, some strategy for today? Uh, yeah, I, uh, you know, I had the plan that I would uh, look for opportunities to attack and um, and make a breakaway. I was uh, up the road a few times actually today, but it was the final one that um, worked. So, yeah, I, on this sort of course, it's hard to know when 
the uh, the moment is um, you have to feel the race. And tomorrow we have the final stage in uh, Segovia. It's another chance for you. Yeah, it, um, I think I think it's a good stage tomorrow as well. It's um, up and down all day. It's long. It'll be hard. Um, yeah, it could could be a breakaway day, or I think there's also some riders in the peloton that will like the finish. Um, so, yeah, it depends if teams want to keep it together for that. Thank you for your time and congratulations, Grace. Thank you. It's so good to see uh, Grace Brown uh, back on uh, the top uh, step of the podium. And like uh, Matthew here says, uh, Gracie, she tried and tried and tried. And in the end, she got the win. That's right. Look, Grace Brown likes a hard race, much like Annemiek Van Vluten does that we heard about yesterday, but in a different way. She's a really aggressive rider, and I've been singing her praises for a long time now. She was a teammate of mine, but now that I've been retired, I've just been loving watching her race. She's won some big races, and this year she's just getting so consistent in her performances. And she's not a dark horse anymore. She's not a, an inexperienced green rider. She knows what she's doing, and she knows how good she is. And if she has a plan in mind, she's not going to stop until she gets it right. And and having days that are tough really suit her. Um, not so much, you know, if it's a super long climb, which suits someone like Annemiek, but having really undulating uh, roads, lots of corners, you know, I think she's just sharpening her sword for the world championships. And I think that's no secret. So, yeah, really happy to see her get another win for this season. She's had a great year and she's only getting better. Yeah, I uh, totally agree. And, and Maka, it's so good to see her win under the, this, this new jersey for her. Uh, there's a big smile on her face. This means means a lot for her. Yeah, it means a lot. And I'll just pick up on the end of what you were saying, Gracie. Um, you know, I said Annemiek is the, well, I think Annemiek's the, the big favourite at the Worlds. But I tell you what, Grace Brown, surely she has to be around the mark. Gracie, you've, you, correct me if I'm wrong, you've seen a bit of the Worlds course or you know a bit about it. Does it suit Grace Brown? Because I think that's why she's happy. She's got the form at the right time of the year. Yeah, it does really suit her. It's a really tough World Championships course. It's got over 2,500 vertical metres for the women's race. Uh, I think just over 160K, but it suits her down to the ground, actually. So I'm really intrigued. I was just talking about it uh, with Kimberly tonight at dinner what's the Aussie plan going to be? And in my opinion, they'd be crazy not to base their plan around Grace Brown. Ooh, yeah, totally, uh, damn, totally you're agree calling it early. Yeah, that, uh, but that's a good that's a good discussion because, uh, mm. you know, we when, when you have a, a rider that's got the form that Grace Brown has right now uh, and bring it up and up and up, it, this is how you win the championship. You know, it's not, it's right. not about backing anybody else. This is how you win yeah. it. Uh, so that's uh, the Serra Tizit uh, challenge uh, available, of course, on SBS On Demand and it finishes in Madrid uh, tomorrow. So I hope to uh, to be there to bring back some footage and some uh, interviews there. But wait a minute, Maka, what's this? What's going on here? Well, he's signing a jersey, mate. I think it's pretty no, no, self-explanatory. No, no, no. Yeah, but he's not signing a jersey, my friend. He's signing my jersey. Can you believe this? If you just well, bring it here. I can prove it. It's here. It's here. Look at this. <laughs> Where's the signature? I want to see the signature. I'm trying to bring it. Look at this. Yeah. It's not a look, scribble. It says Remco on it. I swear yeah. it says Remco on it. <laughs> Generally, look, Tracy and I, we know how this, these things work these days. Generally, what you've got to do, you've got to, you've got to film with you next to him while he signs. 
Nah, Mate, that nah, looks nah, like nah. that could have been some six-year-old that scribbled something <laughs> on that. Did I'm you not... just buy it on the side of the road? No, no, no. I've French my way into this one, and I'm not half happy about this one. You know, uh, I think it, it took about 10 days of harassing the media people, uh, of, of these people. But in the end, you know, perseverance, you know, like well, Grace Brown. You keep Good at job. it, you keep at it, you keep at it, and you get the do, jersey. Do you really deserve it, though, if you didn't win a tipping comp to get it? Uh, no, it's, it's on honor of Remco. It's, it could be his first Grand Tour, and I've got a jersey signed by it. But and you know what? You can pick on me. I don't care. I've got a jersey. <laughs> no, we're happy for you. Yeah, no, no. Very, very happy. Well done. Good job. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, okay, let's talk about cycling. Yesterday, the stage uh, was uh, uh, an interesting finish because I'm not sure we saw that one uh, shaping up this way. My cat Miles Scottson was in the middle of the, the midst of it all. Yeah, he was. It was exciting, actually. It, it was. Probably it was just a little bit too quick the run in, but he took a big flyer at the end. Miles, he had to. He had no other options when you know it was a pretty big group there, and there were some fast sprinters. Obviously, Mads Pedersen winning the stage, but yeah, Miles is he's just, he's really impressed me the last couple of seasons, and we've talked about him the three of us, um, you know, during the tour and and previously as well. Last year, he's really stepped up. He's found his his mojo at. FDJ and yeah, good on. He didn't win, but it was a good ride. Yeah, absolutely. Let's uh, let's listen to uh, Miles Scottson. Miles, that was some impressive uh, attack you did there. Just take it through that last kilometer. Was that the plan from the beginning? Um, yeah. Well, it was either going to be to sprint, or if there was a chance to go, then I would just go because, like, I know I'll never win the sprint here. I think if I sprinted, maybe a potential podium was possible. But I thought like. You know, it's not going to be career changing for me and you don't always arrive with a small group. And I was like, it wasn't perfect the way, the way I had to move up and go. But um, I just had to try. I mean, you, you have to try. It was a small chance to, to win like that. But, you know, if you don't try, you'll never succeed. <laughs> I mean, you went away like a rocket. The, the, the distance between you and the peloton was really big. Uh, yeah, I, I tried not to look back too much. But I hope to get a bit of a bigger gap. Um, the first time I looked, I went like I could feel Trek were probably kind of in my slipstream. And uh, you, you kind of, I think you kind of got to get a gap where you get out of the slipstream and they still have any chance because they come so quickly in the last 200. So it was worth a try. I, I, don't, I don't regret trying. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, Mail Scotson here. Uh, Gracie, he's got no regrets to have because he gave it a good crack. Yeah, it was a bit reminiscent of how he won the national championships a few years back. And it was, yeah, really exciting to watch. It made for a great finale. He could have maybe waited just a touch later, but you never get perfect timing in that kind of situation. And he would have just felt it in the moment, as he said. Uh, I think that Trek were running out of guys and he actually did them a favor, unfortunately. So potentially if he'd just been a bit more patient, it might have worked. But he gave a pretty awesome... Uh, carrot to chase for Trek and to to give Mads just that extra bit for his last lead out guy but yeah it was it was a great effort and Mars could actually be a good sprinter if he wanted to it's just that he puts a lot of his training focus on being a good lead out guy and much like we were talking about yesterday yeah. with Robert Gessink it's it's a whole different type of training and for Miles, he'll be doing a lot of long power in the saddle type of training and not so much the sprinting. So if he did focus on it, I'm sure he'd be getting more than just podiums, but that's his job right now. And I agree with you, Macara, he's really found his place in that mm. team and he, he's yeah. really making the most of it.
Yeah. yeah, and then especially when you know the, how French the team is, uh, you know, FDJ, it's it's all about Pinot, it's all about, you know, all, all these French riders that are the leaders. So they found the, the perfect guy here, uh, Miles Scotson, to, uh, to help the, uh, the big head honchos of, uh, of that team. Uh, so, Mats Pedersen won the stage yesterday. It's number three uh, for, for this Vuelta. Um, Maka, it, it started a bit slow for him at, uh, this, uh, at this Vuelta. He, he was really knocking at the door of a, of, a, of a win. But now, at the end of the day, now at the end of the, the race, he will walk away with three stages, potentially four, because they're still, uh, still Madrid. But uh, uh, still, you know, it's, it's already a success for them. Yeah, you're spot on uh, too. He, he, he did start, I guess, slow, we can say. He was knocking on the door, but... Took him a little while to get his first win, but it just shows sometimes Grand Tours are just about survival, patience and survival. And, you know, it might take two weeks to, to get your first one. And then once the floodgates open, wow. And I mean, someone like Mads, we know the quality that he is, you know, he's not the quickest guy. He's not the purest guy, but you you very rarely get, you don't get too many pure, purest sprinters at the yeah. Vuelta. So eventually... One week, two weeks in, a guy like Mads is always going to generally win a stage, at, at yeah. least. Yeah, let's listen to one of his teammates first. It's uh, Antonio Tiberi, uh, because uh, uh, Gracie mentioned uh, the lead out for, for Mads was not, you know, the, the, the normal, I would say, inverted comma uh, lead out. They struggled a little bit. Let's, let's listen to uh, Antonio Tiberi. Uh, all the day in front, uh, we controlled the race. Uh, yeah, Mads was uh, very confident in the... In the leg, the legs, and he have a very perfect condition. Uh, today we did a perfect, perfect work, I think, and we we end in the in the best mode. What did uh, Matt tell you out there on the on the way, just to uh, to make to make sure you did the right job? What did he tell you? Yeah, he told him to stay all the time with uh, with him. And uh, in the final to start to be in the front because uh, with all the roundabout was uh, very, very dangerous and uh, quite twisty. Yeah, it was uh, in the, the in front first team. We did a perfect lead out for him, and, <laughs> and he ended the best mode. And so that was uh, Antonio uh, Tiberi here. Is uh, right. The, the lead out was not necessarily the uh, the traditional one, uh, Maka, but uh, in the end it worked for them. And uh, and again, they go they go home with the third cake. Yeah, and, and that's where someone like Mads, he's he's so strong. He's a strong sprinter, you know, and he's more than that. He's a he's a one day classic specialist, really. That's his that's his forte. So a guy like him can can muscle his way into the right position and you know even if he has to sprint long sometimes he does and um look there weren't the next guy was fred wright who's not slow either but he's not a purist so yeah. he didn't have any purist guys um really survive the day to, to battle for him so yeah i mean the and, team and they got their, they got their mojo too haven't they trek and they they absolutely back mads in at the moment it seems like they they got a good thing going yeah, absolutely. Let's listen to uh, the winner of the stage yesterday, uh, green jersey uh, wearer, Matt Peterson. Well, it was definitely really hard to to control the bonds today, but man, the team did so impressive. Everyone was so dedicated and working really hard. Like when the three guys went with, uh, with McNulty, it was not an easy break. So we rode really, really hard to close them fast as possible. And man, everyone on this team was just so, so impressive today. So I'm, I'm really thankful for the boys today. It's, it's definitely a win for, 
for them. Like without them today, no chance I could have uh, sprinted here and then. So, uh, wow. Wow, indeed. And uh, at that interview as well, I spoke with uh, Kenny Ellison on the finish line uh, in French for the for the SBS French radio program, actually, if I can do a little plug here. Uh, and then we, we had a quick chat about uh, how much work he's done on uh, on that particular stage to help his team leader, so Mats Pedersen, to be there. And maybe, just maybe, by doing this, if he's feeling okay, he's bought himself a ticket for freedom for today's stage. But we'll talk about this uh, in a minute. Uh, Gracie, When you think about Mats Pedersen, he's not coming to Wollongong. He's not going to the World Championship on his own decision. Do you think at the point where he made that decision, now he's freer knowing he can give it all for this Vuelta and that probably helped him unlock some extra power, some extra level somewhere? For sure. I think it's really impressive that he's come to this Vuelta and maybe he had a slow start, but he was still, you know, getting seconds. It's, it wasn't very close to, uh, sorry, it wasn't very far away from the first place in that first week. Um, and to back that up after the Tour de France and winning a stage at the Tour de France as well, there's not that many riders that are backing up to also be competitive in the next, very next Grand Tour. So in that regard, he's doing exceptional. And I think that, yeah, you're right. It's, I think he's just giving everything now. And I think yesterday I was calling it a, a day for the breakaway, but it was clear that he had pretty strong intentions that he can climb pretty much the best out of the fastman. So he, he knew that he was in for a good chance in the sprint if he could, you know, be there and there was no breakaway in the front. So his team did an awesome job to control that. And Mads was in those top 10 wheels going over the crest of that second climb. So he was showing us, you know, he's in amazing form, but he's also digging in his heels in pretty deep now. Yeah. How important uh, is this actually what Gracie just said, Maka, for, for not today, but for tomorrow in, uh, in Madrid? How much do you want that when you're a sprinter, you want that win in Paris? As much as you, I guess, want the win on the Champs-Élysées, you want to conclude with a, with a massive win in the capital, I guess. Yeah, he'd love to, wouldn't he? I mean, he'll be he'll be a hard man to beat, I would think, in Madrid. But just on the Worlds, I th it's a real shame he's not coming to the Worlds. Um, I actually think he's in the form of his life. He's a former world champ, as we know. And, yeah, I just think missed opportunity for Mads to, to, to win another world title, I think, um, with form it's like a that. Gee. It's, it's a big call on himself because mm. I'm sure the Federation wanted him to, uh, to be yeah. there. He decided uh, uh, not to come. Uh, that's uh, that's uh, the big call. Right, the man, Remco himself, or the man, barely a man, he's young as well, but the man is uh, still in red. Uh, let's listen to him after the stage and then uh, we'll talk about uh, what could happen today uh, with Remco Evenepoel. Remco, you said this morning that anything can happen in this stage. How, are you, how have you avoided anything bad to happen? Uh, this was the perfect race. <laughs> it was nice to have uh, track controlling all day. Uh, I uh, promised Mats to control the breakaway with him, so uh, we did our job. Then it was up to them to control the breakaway and uh, try to go for uh, the stage. And I think uh, what Mats is showing is uh, something really impressive to survive. Uh, yeah, it was actually re uh, quite a hard climb, so uh, yeah, big... Uh, Big congrats to Trek for today. With three kilometers to go, you were at the front. Uh, what were you thinking? What were you trying to avoid? A crash. And just uh, getting inside of the, the three kilometers in case I would uh, get a flat tire or a bike problem. Just, uh, you know, it's just to stay safe because tomorrow is the last day. And um, the, biggest, the biggest fear of today was to, to, to have a crash or, uh, yeah, to be unlucky. 
So that's why uh, we we stood in front. I mean, we're trying to stay in front with the with the guys, and uh, yeah, then in the end, the last 1.8 kilometers or 1.3 kilometers was a straight line. So there, I could uh, slow it a bit down and just follow in the wheels. Thank you. So there's a lot going on in the, in this interview, uh, Maka. But first of all, I'll ask uh, Gracie about this. He keeps forgetting there's another day in Madrid. He says, oh, tomorrow is the last day. <laughs> Are we all worried he's not going to turn up in Madrid? <laughs> I think we were all thinking that on that interview. I was like, oh, I think it's uh, it's an easy mistake to make because it's <laughs> much like the tour. It's a bit of a ceremonial stage, but it's, I don't know, in my mind, it's a little less ceremonial at, in yeah. the Volta. It's still a pretty hard little circuit. I got to race there quite a few times when it was just a one-day race for the women, and it's pretty nasty. So... You know, you don't want to get a big time gap or anything if you're just, you know, not concentrating enough. But uh, he'll be fine, hopefully. But yeah. I, I, he's, he is doing everything right. It was quite professional of him to speak to some of his thoughts going into those last few kilometres and how important those kind of um, decision-making processes are when you're wearing the red jersey. And it's nice to hear him being really gracious as well about Trek. Yeah, actually, very good point here. And, and, and Maka, yeah, he's, he's basically made a deal and a pact with Trek. Uh, so he went to the best of them going, you guys, we help you and you help us, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, look, this this sort of stuff used to be unspoken about. Um, you know, everyone knows it. Let, let's be honest, everyone knows it. And a lot of it never used to be spoken about. But there's always deals done. Uh, like that, saying, hey, we'll help you swap off on the front. Um, we'll help you to this point and then you've got to do the rest and that'll help us out as well by controlling, you know, the dangerous breakaways, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so it was interesting how he more or less just disclosed that and, yeah. <laughs> uh, on the world feed. Um, you know, no, I don't see a problem with it, frankly. Um, it's no. the deals that are done where there's money changing hands, which I don't know if it happens now, but um, it used to happen quite a lot. Um, yeah. I'm sure it still happens a little bit, but I think the stakes are too high these days at big, big races to win and teams or individual riders. There's not too many that are prepared to sell off a race yeah. um, just to make a few bucks. Do you know what's happening there, though? He knows he signed my jersey, so he can't fail me. That's the thing. <laughs> He knows, he knows Mate, the public here will not accept this. He can't. Well, there is, there is a big stage tonight, so geez, I hope for your sake. I don't know. I'll start selling your stocks just in case. Yeah, you're yeah. on the peak, mate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the stage tonight because uh, let's listen to this little comment. It comes from uh, our colleagues at uh, Eurosport. I thought that was a good question uh, and good analysis by Remco. So uh, listen to this question. There's one more thing because in 2015, probably you don't remember, but it was Tom Dumoulin against Fabio and on the similar stage like tomorrow, Dumoulin lost it. Not because of the parkour, but because of the tactical moves by Astana. Are you thinking those teams, Astana, Movistar, are having tactical uh, surprises maybe for you? Uh, yeah, that can be possible, but uh, it is just up to me to, to deal with the stress uh, and with the situation. Um, but yes, I don't know what the situation was back uh, back in 2015 in the GC, but I think now it's uh, it's me 
Hendrik two minutes seven and then it's already more than five minutes so it's quite a big gap so uh, yeah I mean if a guy goes and uh, he's riding four minutes ahead of us it's not up to me to close because I think Hendrik also wants to stay in second position at least so uh, yeah I think uh, it would it, it would be I mean it would be uh, quite a nightmare if we both lose the race you know sustain the wheel with Hendrik and then you're clear yeah but uh, that's uh, not that easy no, exactly. It's not. It's not easy to stay in Enric Massey's wheel. Understand. <laughs> Good luck. I bet it's not. But you know what? 2015. What was he? 14, 15. He was not. He was not even cycling. He probably was cycling to school. That's what he was doing. You know. He, like, he doesn't even know what the guy was talking about. He's no. like, who? What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But that, that's that gives you uh, the the freshness of uh, I think Remco and all his generation is bringing to cycling. Having said this, he's got a very good point, Gracie, on the fact that he has to worry about Enric Mas and anything behind. It will then become a problem for both of them. So. He wants. He's relying on mass. Also, not making this a problem. For sure, I think that was a really interesting interview. Um, first of all, he took responsibility straight away and said, "Look, it is up to me to carry that pressure and and make decisions out there." But that being said, like it's it was cool to see him kind of do the math pretty quickly with his mind, and it it shows us that he's already thinking about it, and the team has talked about it. I think that that is a known threat for them on that last stage, and some teams have been coming together quite well in this late stage of the tour, such as UAE. So uh, we're going to see. You know, that team, Movistar, maybe even Yumbo, but they probably have different interests. Um, you know, that they, they want to make it a, a tough day, regardless of the outcome. For some people, it'll be the GC outcome, and for others, it'll just be, you know, going for the stage win, that last crack at getting a big win in a, a really tough stage. So I'm not sure, Maka, what did you pull out of that conversation? I felt like he was being really mature for his age, just talking us through his thoughts there. Yeah, I mean, he has been all the whole three weeks. Um, Christoph and I have, yeah, have, have noticed that. It's it's interesting, but um, hey, I'm just going to skip ahead just for a second because guess what, guys? The race is live on SBS On Demand in one hour, in one hour's time. So Crazy. for everyone watching this show, at 8.25 p.m., you can get On Demand and watch it. So, um, yeah, look, it's... Uh, it's going to – Enric Mus needs to pull out his very best tonight if he's going to do it. But what Enric Mus has got tonight is a stage that is designed for that to happen. Yeah. So I'm not saying it will happen, but if there is any chance that Enric Mus comes with brilliant legs tonight and um, Remco is just feeling the pinch a little bit day 20, this parkour is set up nicely for that. But there's a very, very key important point there, is the fatigue. Uh, let's listen to uh, Darryl Impey. He talks about this exactly, the, the level of fatigue in a peloton. Yeah, I, like, I didn't have great legs today. Um, I already knew from the first time when he went in the breakaway right in the start. could feel already I wasn't going to be on a good one. Um, yeah, the, I think it's just 19 days catching up with you and then uh, not having a great day, hot on the climb, suffering, um, all those things. Then I also didn't believe it was going to come back. Like, kind of wrote myself off a little bit. Uh, I thought they were going to attack up that last of that climb, but obviously they kept it together. I think everyone's under the pump, and myself included, but uh, right, chapeau to Peterson, you know, took the bull by the horns, delivered for the boys. So, I mean, yeah, kudos to him. Under the pump, how so? 
me every, under the pump. You said everybody's under the pump. Well, every well, I mean, everyone's under the pump. Points, uh, the race. I mean, we've had a 19 difficult stages here. We've had you know the heat. Um, guys are struggling out there for sure. Um, you know, I think uh, you can see it even in the race today. I thought there'd be a lot more attacks, and there wasn't. You know, it's just I think everybody's really, really like just trying to get through to Madrid now. So that was a uh, Darid MP here in uh, Mecca. What do you think? I mean, under the pump, how so? I know we've just been on a 19 days of tourist riding through Spain, mate, in 40 degree weather. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be a bit better than that. To be, to be fair, I think that was actually one of his ex-teammates asking that question. I think was that it? was the voice of Brent Bookwater, so maybe he was just trying to be a bit cheeky there. Ah, <laughs> was it Brent Bookwater? No, I don't, I'm not so. sure he was. I think he was a journalist. Or maybe ex yeah. I don't know he was a journalist. Well, Brent Bookwater is now a journalist. <laughs> is he? There you go. I'm learning yep. every day. <laughs> I didn't I know do, that. Um, sharpen my elbows around him and some of the other guys at the ah. tour, so I'm pretty sure that was him speaking, and uh, they were both on bike exchange together yeah. in the past. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, look, of course, it's a grand tour. You're going to be pretty tired and yeah. <laughs> uh, in anyone's book that's under the pump, but... Yeah, I think that this penultimate stage is going to be tough because I think, I believe it's uh, nearly all above a thousand metres above sea level. And look at some of those climbs. Yeah. First category to kick the day off, two, two categories, and then finishing back on the first category again. Brutal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, actually, yeah, Maka, when you see this, uh, and yeah. as Gracie said, uh, it's, it's relatively repetitive. We knew from the word go when we looked at the, the, the route uh, months ago that this could be a very important stage for the win. We didn't know uh, how much and how close it would be, but uh, two minutes and a bit, mass just behind Remco Evenepoel. Uh, with what we've known now and then how we saw Remco develop and, and grow within this Grand Tour, is that still possible for us to uh, to fix this and, and and claim the red and uh, have an egg on my jersey and uh, not on your face, Michael? It's totally possible. It's totally possible. Look, I think I think my gut feeling says Remco will do everything right tonight. He may lose a bit of time, but he'll win and he'll win comfortably. However, we've seen crazier things happen, and if I was Movistar, I would be setting it up that Mus is going to attack on that penultimate climb, the Category 1 climb, um, so the second last climb of the day, he then goes over it, because Remco's not the best descender. He's not the worst, but he's certainly not the best. And if you look at that one there, it's got the bonification as well. So he takes the bonification seconds, he drops Remco up that climb, He's maybe got a couple of teammates in a breakaway up the road that have then, have then waited for him, and then he powers up that final climb. But it's just shy of 4,000 metres of climbing, and that's yeah. a really good point you made, Gracie, that they're above 1,000 metres for most of the day. So 4,000 metres of climbing, most of it above 1,000 metres, and 181 kilometres. This is a brutal penultimate day. It really is. Um, yeah. So there's no, there is no guarantees whatsoever having said this uh why it tells me though if we just put one and two together uh remco when he says it finishes today and not tomorrow is because he's got his eyes and everything else stuck on today's stage and for him the the tour is will be long, uh, won or lost, or lost today yeah that's it and this is what he means in uh in his uh in his analysis of of the race i believe uh so that 
<laughs> Let's have a look at the, the ranking because there's also other places to, to talk about. And actually, while we are doing this, there's a, there's a comment I'm going to bring here uh, that says uh, from Deb that says, does Mass do any interviews after the race? Well, Mass, Enric Mass, uh, doesn't speak the, the best English. So he doesn't do that many interviews. And sadly, the only interview we got from Mass for the whole of the Vuelta, there was a helicopter on top. We could not use it. We could barely yes, use that's it. Right. <laughs> yeah, uh, his English isn't, his English is. It's actually not too bad. Yeah, he's shy. Um, I think he doesn't want to. He doesn't want yeah, to. Yeah, really. yeah. Because I've I've interviewed him once before, I think, at the tour when he was with Quickstep and he would have had yeah. to have learned English there. Um, but you're right, we don't get to hear from him much. No. And at the only day we got something, yeah, there was a, an helicopter hovering over. <laughs> so maybe the Spaniards don't want him really to speak English. It. They're yeah. just planning, uh, ah, you do not speak English. Uh, like, so Christian Prudhomme also. It's the school does, of Contador. Does, does the, the Contador's like, no interviews. Is the is the master is the master yeah, of them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No uh, let's go back to uh, to the ranking here uh, because yeah, there's still uh, okay. Of course, there's a, ba a battle at the top, but there's a, there's a few fights into this one, including two Aussies that we could do very very well actually today. Uh, two Aussies in the top ten still, Maka. Yeah, yeah. Look, there's there's there's, there's three other key parts I think there, and obviously the the, the who, who's going to win the race, take the red. The other part is the two Australians in Ben O'Connor and Jai Hindley. Realistically, I think if they can just hold their places, I think that's that's a job well done. But the other one is, and we've already talked about it, is Ayuso fighting for third. He is in third place at the moment. So he's on the podium. And if he does it, he creates a bit of history, becoming the second youngest, I think, rider ever in a Grand Tour to finish on the podium. And that's yeah. of any Grand Tour in the history of Grand Tours. So... And if it'll you be pretty this, phenomenal uh, if he does. And if you tune into this podcast uh, across across the, the week, uh, you mentioned Makada. Uh, the other one was in 1904, I think. 1904. <laughs> and he won the Tour de France. <laughs> and he won the Tour. So uh, because <laughs> because the five guys yeah. who beat him got disqualified two months later because they caught a couple of trains apparently during the stages, <laughs> Gracie. As you do. That's good. As but I, do. I feel bad for Ayusa because he's not even going to win the white jersey. Yeah, yes. that's the thing. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, you know, that's, uh, yeah, I'm not, yeah, I don't know. Do you think if you know? It needs to be under 20, the white yeah. jersey. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about, uh, so the, the stage tonight, actually, Gracie, question for you. Uh, ben O'Connor, Jai Hindley, uh, how do you rate them tonight? We see Ben O'Connor, he was in great shape in the last couple of days in the clams. He was up there with the best. Jai Hindley, we've seen a lot less from him. Is he potentially, hopefully, uh, I don't have any other adverts for this, uh, saving himself for a stage like tonight? I don't know, potentially. I've got a theory that Jai's just using this tour purely to prepare for the World Championships. I think from week one, maybe it was just assess and see. And then I think that he's gone, maybe I just don't need to go too deep. I just need a solid block of racing and, and to see me through to Worlds and to not burn myself out because we're only two weeks away from the road uh, races now. So it's not a lot of time to recover from a Grand Tour. But I think Ben is more so on the way up and he had a bit of uh, redemption after the Tour de France and I think he is has a bit more fire in his belly to go for results and um, he, he might burn himself and not be so good for Wells but I think that he's just trying to gain that momentum back and as we were talking about last night I think that is more important to him for his confidence going into the next season. And uh, Maka, you had something you wanted to add? No, no, no. I concur with all of that. Um, that's a, that's actually a really interesting analysis, 
Gracie, about um, Jai. I hope you're right. I hope I hope he is planning big at the Worlds. Um, guys like him could could don the rainbow jersey, couldn't they? They're, yeah. they're, they're that they're at that class. It's like Grace Brown. We could we could potentially have two Australians take home the jersey. It's not it's not we we never would have talked about that, or maybe not never, but ten years ago we wouldn't have maybe had both mm. a, a, a man and a woman that could win the elite um, road championships. Whereas we have now, it's pretty exciting. Yeah, yeah you can still right. uh, be trembling though, Michael, because uh, he looks like Ala Philippe is uh, going okay. Uh, so. <laughs> well, it, I was about to say he'll be riding on one leg, but the thing is, he could win with one leg, Alaphilippe. So <laughs> that that theory <laughs> doesn't work. Uh, someone that may not be at uh, the World uh, Championship is a uh, US time trial uh, champion, but he may not be here. Uh, listen to this: is Lawson Craddock. There's been a lot of speculation about the visa stuff for the UCI. What's your status? What is that doing your head in? Oh, yeah. I mean, of course, it's been a big stressor. I uh, applied about a month ago for a visa, and actually yesterday just got just got denied. Um, we're still working on exploring all of our options, and uh, there's still a little bit of hope. And, uh, yeah, I'm supposed to – my flight, flight to Australia is on Monday, and uh, so I'm definitely come down to the wire, but I'm, I'm hoping I'll, I'll be there in Australia. Does that, does that play in your mind? Absolutely. I mean, uh, I love to sit here and 100% focus on the Vuelta the last couple of weeks, but – Uh, yeah, the amount of time I spent on the phone with the, the immigration office uh, on these transfers to the bus, trying to work out what's going on or whatnot, it, it's definitely been 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 a big stressor. Um, but yeah, I think fortunately, once I get on the bike, I'm able to kind of hammer it out, and maybe it's even uh, provided a bit more motivation uh, to to go harder. That's a big story. Uh, I must admit, we don't know exactly why the visa has been rejected. Uh, is it a vaccine issue? Is it something else? Not too sure. Uh, but Maka, yeah, that that would be quite. Into, uh, you know, you got you got insights. Yeah, he's he's from Texas, isn't he? Ah, that's why they go. Nah. <laughs> why didn't we think of that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, that's a joke. But, that's a joke. Everyone, everyone, if anyone's yeah. watching, got offended. I'm joking. Yeah. Yeah, he's from Minnesota. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, but uh, now it's it's it would be a big blow because he's been in good shape, been good, good form here. I mean, look at the form he's got. He also writes for an Australian team, team back mm. exchange, uh, Jaco, of course. Uh, uh, Gracie, what what do you make of this? Is there, is there a bit of a shamble? What, what do we know? It's it kind of blows my mind that uh, someone in this situation can't, can't get a visa to get into Australia. I know that cycling isn't on the top of the list for our political people here, but you know it's the World Championships is big, and they would have been planning uh, getting help to teams and riders for more than a year now. So I think a lot of people would have had a long time, a lot of heads up, to to make sure they had the right visas in place and to come down to the wire this late in the stage. Uh, it just doesn't quite make sense to me. So maybe he just didn't apply quick enough. But even mm. then, to get it denied. Uh, with a couple of weeks to go, it's yeah, it's a bit strange, isn't it, Mako? I don't know yeah. what else is going on behind the scenes there, but my mind yeah. definitely jumps to a few funny conclusions. I mean, the fact that he said at the end too, his flight to Australia is he's meant to be getting on the plane on Monday. It's in two days. It's in two days. days. Like he's, he, he's not making Monday. that flight. He's ma he's not making that flight. Uh, you're right. Uh, the flight is a is probably a Madrid Sydney. Uh, mm. Not sure he's, uh, he's going to be on that flight. And know? I reckon, uh, you know, I just want to say, if he is on Qantas, maybe take his bike on with him as carry-on. 
yeah, just, yeah just, that's what I think. I know my, there's only one man there's only one man that can sort this out and we all know who that is John Trevorrow he needs to talk to John he needs to talk to Ify come are on you sure? are you sure he should talk to John John you know what the problem is no you know the problem is John's been the one on the phone to the immigration that's been the problem uh, let's not go there oh, uh, no, no, it's, a, it's a it's a it's a it's a sad uh, it's a sad story so far because yeah. he's been having a lot of shape uh, coming up to this uh, to this world championship another story here i wanted to bring you back here is that zinger from wood van art uh, the belgium cycling federation saying all good guys we're on our way to our emirates flight and then wood saying yeah but pretty much where's my discount my what's God. the gracie i'm going to let you have first reaction to this I was just trying to read it. I had my uh, <laughs> squinty eyes going. Like, I'll read um, it for you if, you if it's too small. But he said, basically, I still need to put a lot of money in my bag because the ticket is offered in a business class upgrade is 8,000 euros for one way, where he was promised 3,500 euros for a return upgrade in, uh, in business. So there's a lot going on here because he's got a good salary and so on. Is he doing this for his teammates as well? Is he, you know, not at the, but first of all, are the riders have to pay their own tickets? Are they own upgrades? Is that uh, the Belgian Federation as to your Belgian rider? You have to pay your own ticket to go to uh, to defend your country, Gracie. Um, I'm just going to say that all women cyclists flew economy, so it's actually yeah. not that bad. You just suck <laughs> it up and do it. <laughs> I think that yeah. maybe they're a bit too used to flying business, although flying business is pretty nice. And if you fly <laughs> it more than once, you probably never want to go back. But I don't know. It of course it's a long way to travel, and that's the first thing that you ever hear if you say I'm from Australia or oh, no matter what country and oh that's a long way away isn't it <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it is um, <laughs> good answer Gracie what what annoys me a little bit about this guys is that fine he wants to fly business and so does any athlete of course and they want you always want someone else to pay for it that's obvious take it off air mate don't don't make it public that's the thing don't, don't make That's it public because he's on he's on two million euros a year or whatever. Like, really, you're going to complain about an extra? Like, if you want to complain with it, do it behind closed doors. Don't do it publicly. I think is, is, is he being is he being the 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 voice of all these other teammates as well? Being more of a you know. Because he can be, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. But but that said, that tells me though, what's the atmosphere in that Belgian team right now? As they head mm. to the to the world championship, if someone like Wood van Aert has to go publicly and attack his own federation, he's not attacking the airlines. Like no, his no, name in the tweet, he's not attacking the airlines. That tweet is a zinger for his own federation. Is yeah. he peed off because Remco is going to be the first uh, Belgian rider to win a Grand Tour uh, after 44 years? You know, <laughs> what's the atmosphere? What's going on? What's going on here? Let's stir it. I've got one more it's, day. <laughs> it is a bit strange. It's I don't know. It's yeah. It's. Yeah, but, uh, take it off air. Don't don't make it yeah. public. Not that sort of stuff. It's a, it's not a relatable tweet, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, any other business you guys want to talk about before we wrap up and before there I down? Uh, to, uh, one to little a, thing we didn't we didn't bring in the. Um, I don't think we've got any of the quotes right here, Christoph. But Primoz Roglic yes. overnight yeah. has blamed Fred Wright for him crashing out of the race. And the thing is, they've sat on this for two days because the, the, the quotes only came out in the last 24 hours yeah. or less than 24 hours. 
seriously, if you watch the vision, it is yeah. so obvious that Primoz Roglic caused the crash. He caused himself to crash, in my opinion. In my humble opinion, go and watch it yourself. If you're watching and you haven't seen the crash, go and watch it. And he blames he blames Fred Wright two days later, three days later. Bizarre. I find yeah. it bizarre that Jumbo Visma have released this statement publicly. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's so strange. I, I agree. I've, I've re-watched this crash a few times because I'm like, did I miss something? Yeah. Apparently, Primos was, you know, a little bit ahead of Fred Wright. And, and he, I think the argument from Primoz is that Fred Wright kind of came forward and, and I guess something, uh, the handlebar hit his hip or something hit him because Fred Wright had more speed, but Primoz was the only one swinging across a whole bunch of lines. Yeah. Everyone else was keeping their line. So I just don't think that Fred Wright did the wrong thing. He was coming with speed. Primos was coming off speed. He'd just done a huge effort. He pretty much led them all out. He swung out and then swung back in again. And he, now he's complaining that someone made him crash. He shouldn't have even thought that he could have gotten onto fourth, into fourth wheel. Like he yeah. was done. There was no way he was going to get into the wheel and then sprint again. It was just ridiculous. So I just don't really see any yeah. argument there. And it's just it's only making him look bad to come out with a statement like that. And I think everyone's just going, uh, what? So I think maybe he's just a bit concussed or something. <laughs> but the crazy thing is, I'm presuming, it, it's come out from the official Yumbo Visma Twitter handle or social handle, one of their social handles or, or multiple. So they agree with him. Or ma yeah. So management presumably agree with him. Like, you can't tell me... I don't know. Rowan Dennis, oh, 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 if, if oh, he's oh, watching that vision, he, he'd be saying, mate, you knocked yourself <laughs> off. I'm sure of it. Or oh, a media person is about to lose their job because we don't know. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, true. <laughs> that true, that true. could be uh, this. Uh, there's a last comment and then we, we're going to leave that show after this. But uh, Matthew says it, is, it looks like there's been a, some some discussions, some uh, some changes around the team regulation, the relegation. Uh, uh -huh. Do do you know more on this, uh, Gracie? I know UCI released a statement yesterday. Uh, what do we know? Because it's so close to the world as well. And the point is that many teams are leaving some of their best riders behind. They're refusing for them to uh, one way or another to travel to uh, to the World Championship. Uh, what's happening there? Do do we know? Look, I haven't seen that statement, so I'm not going to comment on that. But. Uh... <laughs> I don't know, to hear that there could be more teams in the World Tour, to me, my first instinct is there's just been a few few deals going, potentially, a few uh, <laughs> grease palms. So I think there was a lot of scrambling the last six months. And I think some teams did a good job and some teams not so much. So who knows really what's going on there. But there's always wheeling and dealing going on in that, yeah. that world. And uh, I'm not privy to most of it. And I, I'm kind of <laughs> glad I'm not. <laughs> um, we need to get out. We need to get some of that greased palms action happening, I reckon, at SPS. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Mine are dry as dry. I, I like that, <laughs> what you're saying, Gracie. Just um, we got to find somewhere to grease our palms. How do you think I'm in Spain, my friend? How do you think I'm in Spain? <laughs> yeah, you're in, yeah, a, so you're you're in an olive grove. <laughs> yeah, olive here we go. Yeah. Here we go. Here we go. You're, you're not all around you. <laughs> but I've got a signed jersey. I've got a signed jersey, you know. So, you know, Look at you. the world cannot be a better place. Look Shall we end you. this podcast on this? <laughs> hey, um, yeah, can I just thing? update you on the times? So, yeah, in less than an hour, people, 
It is live on demand, 8.25, and it's 10.15 on SBS, the main channel. That, of course, is stage 20 of the Vuelta. And Sarah Tizzit, if you've had an Arvo nap, you might as well go all the way through. 2.20 a.m., I know the timing's not great, but 2.20, it is on demand, uh, as it has been every day. And I'm presuming tomorrow, I haven't looked at the scheduling, but check your guides the final stage for the women is generally before the men, so it will it be is. earlier. So it'll be actually at a pretty reasonable hour. Yeah, it is. It is earlier, and it finishes earlier just before yeah. the men's as well. So uh, interesting. Gracie, just to conclude? Yeah, they're going to be two great stages. We've got quite a long stage for the women's race, and it could include some crosswinds. So I'm really, uh, as you know, I say it every time, I always have my fingers crossed for crosswinds. And the final stage is always a great one. It'll probably be a bunch sprint, but it's a great little course and it'll be very aggressive. Yeah. Uh, and surely everything will be on SBS. I'm officially uh, melting down. So I think we're going to, and my laptop is officially melting down as well. So uh, <laughs> it's best if we are leaving this one here. Uh, thank you for joining us and uh, same place, same time, same team tomorrow. Thank you. Except Ciao. I'll be in Madrid. I'll be in Madrid. Ooh, <laughs> lucky man. See you guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to the SBS Volta Espana podcast with Zwift. After five weeks on the road at the tour and no riding, I'm seriously playing some fitness catch-up with Walter Inspiration. To help with my motivation, I've set myself a target of finding a team and getting involved with the Zwift Racing League. Round one starts on the 13th of September and goes to the 18th of October. One race per week for six weeks. Whether you're just starting out on your fitness journey or like me getting back into things, or you're a six watts per kilo monster, you'll find a level of racing to suit. So if you're up for the fun cycling challenge, dive in and start riding with a free seven day trial at Zwift.com and find your ZRL team or register if you're all ready to go by Sunday the 11th of September. Hopefully, I'll see you on the start line soon. Right on.